Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. This is where we discuss kitchen table topics that are typically banned from family gatherings, but it's so necessary for a strong republic. Many of you have heard me talk about health in various different ways because it's something that's extremely important to me, from holistic health to integrative health to global health. I mean, we've talked about a lot, but rarely have we discussed it from a consumer perspective, and particularly with a expert who I'm going to call an expert. You may not call yourself an expert, but I'm going to call you an expert who understands the patient advocating side of things. This is what's necessary right now because what we know is that our politicians have not figured it out. So we got to figure it out. Before I bring him in, I want to give you a little bit of information about him. Believing that small, mid-sized businesses and solopreneurs are key to our country's economic success, Hal pursues um, finding ways to support them. Focused on the broken health insurance and prescription medication space, which is complicated to say the least, expensive and stacked against the consumer, Hal will share the causes along with a variety of solutions for small, mid-sized businesses and solopreneurs. Prior to being an employee benefits broker, Hal worked in Silicon Valley, and Atlanta in technology with innovative companies, including Earthlink and Dish Network. In Atlanta, for more than 20 years, Hal is active in his religious interfaith community with his wife, and they recently fostered their 100th, oh my gosh, 100th rescued golden retriever. Love that. Hal graduated from Syracuse University and is married to Allison and has one son. Hal, welcome to the show. And please pronounce your last name because <laughs> I clearly butchered it. Thanks, Janelle. It's Schlanger. It rhymes with hanger. Schlanger. Schlanger. I actually really yeah. like saying it, but <laughs> clearly it didn't work that first time. And that's fine because that's what we do. We're a very authentic and open show here. So we're going to dive right in. And um, yeah, so the first question is around COVID, which has thrown us all into a whirlwind. Um, it's through a wrench into our lives. Many of us walked into COVID, I mean, into 2020 healthy and walked out with health bills and healthcare issues. From your perspective, how has COVID and in, in the introduction of this new vaccine impacted healthcare plans? We're going to look at healthcare plans as a way of paying for things. Healthcare really should be between you and your doctor. Mm. Um, too often we let the insurance company determine which doctors we see and don't see, mm -hmm. uh, or how much they charge to be seen. So COVID changed the rules because it lowered the barriers to get to your doctor, mm -hmm. whether it was for a vaccine, whether it was for treatment of care and such. And um, I think that's where the big difference came from. Um, yeah. And in doing that, lowering the bar for access, the federal government changed the rules for telehealth, mm. which they were willing to have more people pay for telehealth or have access through telehealth uh, because we couldn't see each other in person. And it actually did a really good thing. Mm. Because if you look at healthcare, we've been talking, it's not just 
you what you need, but it's also being able to get it. And I say that yeah. in two ways. There's access, so you physically can talk to your doctor, nurse practitioner, whatever the the person is. Mm -hmm. um, and then second, you can afford it because if you go to a doctor. And the doctor says, this is what you need to do. Either you need this test, you need this procedure, you need this drug. And if you can't afford it, it's like saying you don't have a solution. Oh, absolutely. Now, what are you going to offer our listeners at the end of the show? So these are for the people who stay to the end or come back in and out. It depends <laughs> on what your schedule is. But uh, what are we? What are you going to offer us? <laughs> uh, the fact that it's free shouldn't sound like it's a it's a scammy thing. <laughs> one of the, one of the things you and I have talked about that was so fascinating to both of us was people get crazy bills from the insurance company. I yes. mean, from the, from the providers. I've them. So, okay. And that's where the <laughs> conversation comes from is mm -hmm. if somebody's listening and they said, wow, this bill makes no sense or they want to send me to collections, but we haven't even agreed what the insurance company's paying or whatever. If you've got a bill that's scaring you, confusing you, mostly that they're outrageous, then let's talk because there yeah. are solutions. We refer to it as advocacy. Um, here's a tricky part that we're going to talk about, which is if you look at yourself and you look at the insurance company and you look at your doctor, mm -hmm. who's the customer of who? There's three parties there. There's you, your insurance company, and, and your doctor. Who's the customer of who? And as soon as you realize that you're giving money to the insurance company, the insurance company gives money to the doctor, but you don't know how much is being given to your doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like that margin. <laughs> Maybe. Right. We don't know. Yeah. So, so at that point, you as the consumer, and the, as well as the patient, mm -hmm. have lost transparency to what's the actual cost. Yes, absolutely. And at the end of the show, when we, when we do get to that part where you'll be able to share things, I'm going to tell you how you can submit your request, and I will make sure it goes straight to how. Um, and we'll talk about that more at the end. Getting back to healthcare plans, because I like to set this up before we go a little bit deeper into some of the political aspects of all of this. Um, how, how does plans handle preventive care services such as vaccine screenings, wellness visits, and things of that nature? Like, how, what is the breakdown of this? Or what do we not know? What do we not know? The public, the, the group plans that are required to meet federal legislation mm -hmm. say that prevention is covered at 100%. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of which side you're on, politically, you got to realize, I hope you realize that prevention is far less expensive and it doesn't hurt as much as the cure or the pain, right? We've always heard an ounce of cure, uh, you know, a, 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 an ounce of cure, an ounce of uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm. It's far better that true. Not, you know, we're down in the South, there's no ice, but imagine if we removed the ice and didn't slip, that's worth not breaking, slipping and breaking my leg. Right. So we always want to do that ounce of cure. Mm -hmm. I mean, ounce of prevention. And that's where one of the things that came out of the legislation a dozen years ago was prevention. And people don't realize this. Prevention is covered. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking about whether it's a mammogram or the dreaded colonoscopy, which mm -hmm. th these things save lives. So that's one of the things that we need to think about. You know what? That's interesting that you mentioned that mammogram because had my first one and I was under, I'm under 40 and I found out that 
a portion of it's covered, but it's not fully covered because I'm not at a certain age. However, what drove me to getting this mammogram was that I know women who are younger than me who have had breast cancer. And because I was getting close to 40, I'll be 40 next year. I was like, well, let me start early. You know, I think I'm being proactive. And then I created all these bills (laughs) because it turned into, you know, the mammogram, which turned into a biopsy just because they just wanted to make sure they saw something they thought they want to make sure wasn't anything. But now I have these bills. And so Is that something I can advocate for to say, you know, I know I'm under the age, but um, the the requested age, but I I felt like it was the right thing to do. So part of the problem with the system is it doesn't invite you into the conversation. (laughs) The insurance company says if you're 45, Mm -hmm. you should have a mammogram. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're 45, it used to be 50. Now when you're 45, you should have a colonoscopy. That's because, and and this is a little challenging, but this is where the Center for Medicare and Medicaid came up with rules and the rest of the industry follows them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're an individual. Right. Your genetics, your life experiences and things can cause an increase or decrease likelihood of something happening. Yeah. So this is where I bring up the, we, we bring up the phrase advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the conversation is, well, Janelle, you, you had a friend who had something. Mm-hmm. We need to have you and your doctor talk to determine, is it medically necessary? Or is this needing to explain to you what percentage of women under 40 get breast cancer? Yeah. Um, or if you had somebody in your family that had a history, it's a conversation. Hmm. There is a positive side with the insurance industry, as much as so many people are unhappy with it. There are people who listen. Mm-hmm. They're there to make money. And if, if you can give them a reason that your preventative care, the same with skin cancer. Mm. If you can give me a reason that you're doing something, then... Let's see if they'll consider it. And in fairness to the insurance company, they will deny claims quicker than they will approve them because it's very hard to get the money back if I gave you the money and then I realized, oh, I shouldn't have. But sometimes okay. it, sometimes it's just a process that um, somebody said, oh, I have an x-ray mm-hmm. uh, that shows my right finger was broken, but the code that the person used said left hand instead of right hand. And the insurance company just wants to get it clear which was which. Mm. Um, so they're denying the claim, but all they're doing is asking for more information. So it, okay. it, it's like in life, like just okay. communicate, just communi- like we're doing right now, just yeah. communicate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know we're going to get into advocating deeper later on in the show, but um, after the break, I am going to kind of switch focus a little bit to political. And we're going to, I have a question. I want to know about universal health care. I want to know where you stand on it and can it work in America? Um, and because it's something that I kind of had a, I was a, a hard no at one point and I still am. I still am, but I do realize that there needs to be some adjustments to our health care. And I also understand that we've kind of put ourselves in a, a hole and getting out of it can be a bit of a challenge. Um, so there's some things that have to be done. So you're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King on Extra 106.3 FM. And uh, we'll come back after the break and how still be with us and we'll continue the conversation. Stay tuned. Spring is here and baseball is back. 
You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and this is Extra 106.3. And I am in the studio with my friend Hal, who is an employee benefits broker. Um, but he's my resident expert when it comes to healthcare. So we're going to have you back. I like to do that. Whenever I find someone who I feel can answer questions in a way that 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 it's easy to communicate to people, right? Like that can reach people on a very basic, simple level. I like to bring you back. So <laughs> so I'll bring you back to talk about plenty, plenty of topics. And we we started out talking about um, how COVID has affected healthcare and all of that. And we I before the break, I asked a question about universal health care. And I want to know from how how from your perspective, can universal health care work in America? And what do you think about it? Do you think it's something that's good? I wish it would work. Mm. But I can't understand why it's going to work. Um, COVID showed us that Americans are, maybe by our nature, uh, independent. We are very independent, self-sustained, self-supporting people. We want to know that we can do, make our own choices. Um, And I think that was one of our challenges, getting people to understand that public health was giving out the best information they had at the time. Mm-hmm. And some of that, t- some of it changed as as COVID progressed, um, and people had trouble understanding. Well, you just said this, and now you're saying that, and, and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, if you look at other parts of the world, there, the spread of COVID was lower because people were willing to do things, put themselves second behind the community. Mm-hmm. If somebody said stay home, they stayed home. Now, we could talk about who suffered what, and, and yeah. the kids obviously suffered a lot by being home so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to get into all that right. too much because we're going back to, does universal health care work? Um, so one of the challenges is, can we put others ahead of ourselves? Mm. Now, That's heavy. I'm, I'm, and, and it's somewhat spiritual. <laughs> it's a good point. It's it somewhat is. spiritual. It is. Um, so I think that's, that's important is first to say, will universal health care work? Well, that says... I'm not always the most important person in the equation when, in fact, you and I both know there's a bunch of us that <laughs> I come first. Right. Um, I mean, should we, though? Should we put other others' health care ahead of ours or in front of ours? I, the way you just asked that, no. Mm. Um, right. Remember the airplane story about if, if the plane gets de- decompressed, yeah. loses pressure, what do you do first? Take care of yourself so that you can then take care of others. Right. Like, like the child next to you. So there's something that's really important about take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. What I want to differentiate is are there things that you can change your behavior on so that it helps the community? I'll use smoking, and I don't know how many people are still smokers and tobacco, but I think we've all agreed that tobacco is not a healthy habit. Right. Um, We're not saying that you 
can't smoke, but we're discouraging you, and we don't let you smoke on an airplane or in a in a school. Right? There's lots of places you, we don't allow you to smoke yeah. because other people in the community. Mm-hmm. We want to help the community. So there's an example yeah. where public health has come first, and we've accepted it. Um, and for that reason, it would be nice if universal health care could work. Yeah. But then there's the, the but but here's where I'm going to go the other direction, mm-hmm. because I want it to work because there's there's science that has shown certain things are are true. Okay. If you don't drink enough water, you will get sick. Right. Oh yeah. I don't and, like and apparently you can have a heart attack from go- being dehydrated. And keep, I'm like, what? <laughs> keep going. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. and, and if I don't get out and walk or move every so often, my, I will not just gain weight, but I will get lots of other ailments, um, that just creates a really spiral that then I might get diabetes and then my mm-hmm. blood doesn't move. And then my third, the circulation is off and then yep. I lose a leg. Right. So it's a, a spiral. Hmm. Where I where I think the universal health care, what I think we all need to figure out or realize is if you look at Canada and if you look at parts of Europe, it sounds so great because I pay so little. Well, I paid it in taxes. That's an, let's keep the taxes part <laughs> aside for a moment. Right. Because we can't figure out how to pay for it. Right. We're not run, this, this country is not running. This, this country is running a deficit. Mm-hmm. So we're spending money that we don't have. Yeah. Put that in one problem as one problem, but the other problem, which I think is even bigger, is we're trying to tell people how to live their life. Yeah, we can't even get people to do an annual wellness exam. Mm. So, I mean, I I, I talk to That's people regularly. Point. I talk to employees as yeah. well as employers, and we'll do programs in to encourage that. Why won't you get a wellness exam? I feel fine. I don't need to know anything. Right. Or, or my favorite is I don't want to know. And, you know, that's that's really interesting because um, I, I do found I found myself guilty of, you know, skipping or, or canceling my um, ne- never my annuals. I always do my annuals, but canceling like my ongoing or even like a dental, right? Like a dental cleaning because I'm like, oh, I'll push it back because it's just, you know, just little things like that. And you kind of get caught up in that. Um, I'm so glad we can no longer smoke on the airplanes. Um, I, I don't remember when that was, but <laughs> I remember seeing a picture of a, a, a airplane seat with an ashtray and I thought that was just really bizarre, but uh, I'm glad we moved on from that. So staying in the same vein politically, which, which political party do you think understands healthcare issues the most? <laughs> I, uh, it, uh, uh, the answer is, I don't think either... I think I think both of them are putting the party ahead of a solution. Both both parties have said we need price controls on prescription medications. Okay. Both parties have provided legislation to control it. Mm -hmm. And whoever submits it, the other votes against it. That's a good point. Uh, And that's a problem. So I, I, I think there are people on both sides of the aisle who have ideas that are legit, mm-hmm. but it seems like politics comes politics comes first, and I can't let the other party show good. So whether there's um, access to health care, uh, um, I mean, it just seems like right yeah. now all we're doing is agreeing to spend more money on stuff right. without being selective. And I, I personally feel like medical billing transparency is, is the key right now. Like, I mean... I, 
I think there's so many other issues, but if we can at least allow people to get a grip on the economics of healthcare and understand it better, I think people will utilize it more. You know, and I think they will do preventative stuff because it's like even when I I went to my dental appointment and I always call ahead of time and I always ask, well, what is it going to cost me? You know, and they can run it and tell me. And they were they were they were within four dollars of what the actual amount was. And I thought that was great. Right. But I don't even think people understand that you can do that. Yes. To everything you just said, Mm -hmm. go one step further. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a growing number of people who have heard of GoodRx. Yes. Okay. And you hear these, you see their commercials possibly, and it says, even if you have insurance, we might be able to get you your, a drug for less than your copay. Mm. Now, scratch your head that says that there's a manufacturer and there's somebody negotiating for the insurance company to pick up the rate, and the insurance company then says, here's what I'm going to charge Janelle. Mm. And then there's this third party who walks in and says, I'll offer to you at the same pharmacy at a lower price which is GoodRx. And there's others like GoodRx that are out there. So it's not just that, but they're a great name and they do a really good job. This is all, that's what's so confusing is that people then go, it's too confusing. It's overwhelming. I'll never figure it out or they're all against me. And this is where I love what you're doing. It's the kitchen table conversation going, we need to have this conversation. Right. Um, You can, one, you can ask a doctor what the cash price is. Okay. Anything you're having done, you can ask for what's the cash price. People will say, I, I mean, in fairness to the providers, they sometimes come back and say, it depends. Okay. And it depends. That's a well, term. What's the cash price? I, what's the cash price or the self-pay rate? Okay. And sometimes they have trouble answering it because it may be a complicated procedure. And, well, it could be this if we have this, but if we find this other thing, then we have to do that. That's okay. Talk, talk me through. It's no different than if you're buying a house or a car or something else. It goes, well, if we do it this way, it's this price. And if we do that, it's going to be this price. Okay. Mm. So one you, can okay. Ask, one, you can ask for the cash price, um, particularly if you are involved with either a medication or an image, image being an MRI, a CAT scan, an ultrasound. These are all prices. There's, all, there's prices that are e- relatively easy to, to get. Um, so that, that's a place to start is, no, that's is great. ask for the price. Yeah. And if you don't like the price, you, you, it's your responsibility to say no. Because this is what I, when you talked about universal health care, that, mm-hmm. that makes me think that you're onto something mm-hmm. is that we don't always want responsibility for those decisions. <laughs> you know what, how that is, that is a great perspective. And what I, what I like about your perspective is that you're you're pretty you're calling us out right <laughs> it's one of those of the shoe fits you know just put it on because obviously it's you and that's a great point you know i i think the first part what i'm hearing the first part of advocacy is to understand the role you're playing in your own demise right hmm interesting right. and then find people to support you and there is a grown growing there's a grown up grown community now of people who are advocates or who will provide cash pricing. Um, it's just that if it's easier not to ask, you know, oh, this hurts. Um, we, we joke um, every so often where some people go, I just want the easy button. Mm-hmm. You remember that from, mm-hmm. um, and, and the easy button, a lot of times we say there's a pill for every yeah. ill, mm. a pill for every ill. No, there's not. And- it's kind of like when Oxy and Purdue Pharma 
was like, if we can, what do you say? Like everyone thinks that, you know, it's pain or pleasure, it's pain or pleasure. And we need to be that middle person. I think I saw a clip on a show where they were kind of, I don't think they said they verbatim, but that was the gist of it. Like we want to be that middle person to cut off pain. We don't want you to feel pain, but pain is necessary. Yes. You need to feel pain. Yeah. No matter no matter how religious or not you are, right. pain serves a certain role. Um, yes. And, and it, it's your body saying, I need help. You know? Right. Um, I, I saw yeah. a, there was a chiropractor that's in uh, Alpharetta, I can't think who they, that says, uh, listen to your body whisper before it screams. Mm. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? To that point, um, a lot of digest, uh, digestive cancers you know, you don't, the moment it starts screaming is when you find out that you don't have much time left because it's, it's really bad. So, okay. So staying a little bit on the topic of the, on the political space, how should we interact with our elected officials when it comes to, you know, trying to empower them to improve our lives when it, when it comes to healthcare, how do we interact with them? Like what is the best way you think, or what should we say to our elected officials if we want them to change things? I'm not sure it's any different than any other issue. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody r- remind me that that parenting is a continuous job. And <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yes. I have an older son. And <laughs> you don't tell him it's something more mentorship. once. mentorship. Yes. <laughs> mentorship. That's great. Not parenting. It turns into mentorship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's the same here is they're so inundated. And, and we've talked before about how social media has just rewritten the landscape. Yeah. Uh, there was a point where you would write a letter to your mm. elected official, mm-hmm. and then you could email this person. And now organizations have figured out how to automate that. So all you're doing is clicking what your zip code is, yep. um, which part, which, which role you want. And then, by the way, we have a re- pre- pre-written note. So oh. you don't even have to write it. All you have to do is say, here's, here's the suggested copy and, and be done. And right now, the, now a lot of the politicians aren't necessarily reading the letters, but they are counting the top. How many emails did we get on this topic? Oh, interesting. So, so it does matter if you're sending them information and like really pushing them. I mean, lobbying still works for the consumer. And I mean, now, you know, there's lobbyists that work that works against us sometimes. Right. But as a, as a consumer, as a voter, we need to still lobby. I, I think that's, that's what I'm hearing. I think that's the whole way our government was set, was set up was we have representatives because we can't all do something at the same time. We haven't figured that part out. So we have to, we have to give our represent, representatives a chance. And, mm-hmm. and here's, I'm saying the same thing I said about the insurance carriers. They're not bad players. They're coping in an environment as best mm-hmm. they can. So why don't we meet them where they are? Like yeah. the insurance company, let me explain why a, a mammogram might be be appropriate at 38 or 39 right? Uh, for me only. And why not help your elected official understand this? You know, either schedule yes. a meeting or if you think that it's so relevant, then, then why not get 50 of your friends together and say, mm-hmm. Senator, Congressman, whatever, we're going to meet here and we would like your time, whatever, right? I mean, yeah. And they're all home this time of year. You know, um, moment of transparency, when I started my fertility journey, which I haven't talked about, but I will at some point, um, I had a procedure done, HSG, and it's something that I think all young women should have. It basically checks to see if your fallopian tubes are open and clear. And um, 
but I, it's interesting because I thought about how ha- having that procedure, if you find out later in life that, and this is something that's a really quick procedure later in life, it, 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 it increases your cost of, on this journey, right? I mean, it's going to cost you a lot more to have a child later in life. But if you were younger and you found out, there's other procedures that can be done that probably, you know, can work together. And, and I think it's something that all young women should have. It's just me, right? I think it's a procedure all young women should have. That being said, I brought that up because when it comes to advocating and, and speaking with your elected officials, how detailed should we be? If they're literally just kind of, for in the most case, you know, counting the topics, how detailed should we be? I mean, should I email them and say, hey, I want to advocate for HSG for young women. I think this is something we should have and I can get a bunch of people advocating for it. Would that even matter or should I just advocate for healthcare in general? Like say, this is a healthcare issue. I, I, I hear you say it's a healthcare issue, but I don't. Mm. I, why would why would your request for HSG be any different than mm-hmm. somebody's request for um, a research project on something else or a road being built uh, or anything? Right, because there's limited dollars and there's limited time for each elected official. Okay, um, so if they've only got a certain amount of time, how do they know this is important? And this is where I go back and suggest mm-hmm. when we use the word advocacy, this is more of a community saying. Well, who else is doing this or that? There's a community that was involved with supporting people with sickle cell, Mm -hmm. and they have gotten a lot of attention through lobbying, but the lobbying came from grassroots of people who were suffering, and they and their families got together and said, who else and who else and what's missing? And then they found the next group of people. So maybe your issue is tied to... If, if somebody believes that we want to create more life that what a lot of churches yeah. a lot of the churches do mm-hmm. then then maybe that's the place to to grow it okay so growing um, it on the grassroots before taking it directly to the elected official is key in my from my view unless you're the unless you have lobbying dollars to walk in and saying right by the way there's all these I did a research project and there's all these women who mm-hmm. are suffering and I want you to fix it, mm-hmm. and I can pay a lobbyist to get the appointment with the representative official. Yeah. If you don't have that, then what else do you have? Then you have your time and your mouthpiece. Right, right. Great point, great point. Okay, so let's continue on the political landscape, the, the, the political side of things. How does healthcare benefit providers or insurance companies adapt their offerings and services based on the political landscape, or does that happen at all? It definitely happens. Okay. Um, and, and this is not just the health insurance companies, but it's also the, the businesses mm-hmm. because businesses is, are also greatly impacted by what our government tells us are new requirements. There's, there's, there's a new requirement now that says that the insurance companies have to say that they're not withholding price information if the government asks for it, which is confusing. Okay. It's confusing that... The insurance company has confidential relations with their network providers on what a, what a fair price, what a negotiated price is. And that arguably is a competitive advantage they may have over another carrier who's developing a, a network of, of doctors. So they surely don't want to tell you what they're paying somebody else, whether they're paying more or less, 
So there's, but there's this ongoing thing where the government says, well, now we need you to tell us that you're not going to withhold the information if we ask for it. It's like, right? And it's just more layers. <laughs> there's more and more layers yeah. to stuff. So, you know, this, this is where I'm trying to figure out that, that will the government help or hinder the way, hinder us? Mm. And it goes back to what you were saying before is that we kind of need to advocate for ourselves right. what we do and don't want. We can't be afraid of politics. And I know we have a few more minutes left in this segment, but the, ne- the next segment, I really want to go deeper into the advocating part. But yeah. But- so, so when you just said that, um, don't be afraid of the government. Um, I think that whether it's the government or it's a big business, um, there are people who go, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. And there's a yeah. phrase, there's a phrase, learned helplessness. Mm. Learned helplessness is I've experienced something. I've learned through my experience that it's mm. hopeless. Mm. Like trying to understand the IRS code. <laughs> right. right. Oh my God. Right. Trying to solve poverty was the other one that people often use is mm-hmm. we can't solve it. Well, you and I both know how much food is wasted. Yep. Um, yep. And we can debate. Mm-hmm how much energy it takes to make a pound of beef versus a, a pound of an egg or whatever, dairy. But my point is that, that we need to get control of that. And, it's, I, and, I, and we've given up in too many places. I love that you said that because I remember um, after I would do political events, we would have just a bunch of food that was not touched. Like, I mean, we had it out, but no one touched it, you know, and I remember just dumping food. Right. And then one day I decided that I was going to pack it up and bring it to a homeless shelter. And there there was a particular homeless shelter that said we can't take it because we can only take food that hasn't been previously opened. And I thought to myself, that's such a hindrance. And then I end up going to a male a men's shelter and they were like we'll take it you know because there they there's less resources for an assistance for men's shelters than they are women and children and families so that was an eye-opening moment for me because you made me think about that when you mentioned just the whole war on poverty and how we waste food so much and the small things that you can do and now I'm like okay well I just I know this is that one shelter that can bring this food too because I just felt like it was just, I mean, we spent money on this and just kept dumping it and dumping it. So I really want to continue the conversation when we after the break. And I want you to really kind of dive into ways in which we can advocate for ourselves. And then I'm Austin, I'm going to share the website and how you can submit your information if you have a bill that is completely confusing or you're feeling that learned helplessness. Um, we're going to dive into that in the, in the after the break. So stay tuned. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome back. 
back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King on Extra 106.3. And I am in the studio with my friend Hal, who is an employee benefits broker. And we're talking about healthcare from the patient's perspective. This is this has been one of the most intriguing shows I've had because we are breaking into the conversation around a topic that scares people oftentimes. And as you mentioned, the learned helplessness, which I'm going to continue to say and use probably for the rest of the day and on and on. Um, <laughs> but in finalizing, what are some action items? What are some things that we can do as patients to advocate for ourselves that we may not have thought about? Don't be in a hurry. I mean, if, if there's a, an illness or something, act appropriately. But don't be in a hurry to pay the bill until you understand it. Let's go back, though. First yeah. thing is get the care you need. Be, be active. Be preventative where you can. There's lots of things that are yeah. life choices, and I don't want to sound like, oh, go exercise. But make go life. exercise. Right. But, right and, <laughs> I'll say it. And, and, and cut down on the sugar, you know. Yeah. There, I don't, I don't, <laughs> Which there, means carbs. Yeah. So, so there, there's that whole part of it. And, and yeah. um, there was a really good study that, that was shared through the Mayo Clinic that said that um, 20%, 22% of your, your health is determined by your genetics, Mm. but only 11% is by the medicine and medication and healthcare you get, <laughs> that the biggest impacts were lifestyle choices hmm. and your environment. Accounted for more than half of your general health was associated to what do you do, where do you live, those kind of things. With that, you're in control of yourself, and mm. there's nobody better to watch out for you than you. Now, if you're watching out for yourself, know that the system isn't eager to help you because we're a capitalist society and it's a good capitalist society. We, there's a lot of really good things about capitalism mm -hmm. and it shows how we motivate everybody. Just know that you've got to speak up for yourself. Right. So there are people who will, whether they're advocates, advocates or the insurance company or brokers like myself that want you to be healthy and, and right. That that's the less money you spend on healthcare, the healthier you are. And that's all good. What can you do and what, and you're the one who knows you better. Does it hurt or not really hurt? I love when a doctor says, on a scale of one to 10, how much does it hurt? <laughs> you know, one, not, one is just you notice it, and 10, you just, you've had enough. You just can't take it anymore. Right? These are all you speaking up. This is the doctor trying to help you communicate to them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know all the things that have happened and what you did or didn't when things happened that they can never track. There's, your Apple Watch is never going to track everything. So that's kind of where we want to be able to start from. And I'm amazed. We do a program called Walk with a Doc. We take a doctor out for a walk once a month, and they, mm -hmm. they give their time for free. And they, they go, we go out for a walk in the woods, and they're glad to answer questions. They do that because this is just one more, one more example that the doctors, the nurse practitioners, PAs, they all want to help. Um, the system may not pay them to help, and we have to figure that part out. And that's why I'm saying look at, talk to your doctor, and if the doctor says, okay, well, um, try this and this. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, wait a moment, wait a moment, I have another question. The doctor's not yeah. doing anything wrong by going on to the next patient. In fact, they, they're trying to make a living. Right. And if you don't care... They, why would we expect them to? Oh, beautifully said. I mean, I, I love that because it's so true. And we, we almost get mad at our doctors and we're thinking that they should care more about our health than we do. And that's not the case. And that's, I'm glad that you're reiterating that. Um, before we continue this conversation, I want to make sure we have the time. How can, if someone wants to utilize your services or, you know, become a client and work with you, how can they get in contact with you? What's the best way? Um, the, the agency's name is greatsouthbenefits.com. 
So okay. great self-benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place on there as a contact form, and they can just drop a message there. Perfect. That's probably easier than spelling Schlinger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce it. One day I'm going to get it, though. I really am. Um, and, and then you're going to be so proud of me. All right. So continuing this, um, as we stated before, if you have a medical bill that is you just you're fed up with it, it's too detailed or you don't understand it and you would like how to look at it and help you understand it, please go to my website. It's allthingsjking.com, allthingsjking.com, and do the same thing. Hit the contact, drop me a message, and I will forward that message directly to Hal, who can reach out to you, and um, and, and y'all can work out, work that out, and help. Um, I'm sure there are people, and even if you're listening and it's somebody you know, just, you know, spread the word. That's exactly it. We, th- this idea came from um, Kaiser Family Foundation. Mm-hmm. They've been doing that with National Public Radio for several years. And they'll tell you very openly that they get thousands of these every month and they can't mm. respond to all of them. And you and I are in Atlanta and we yeah. want our community to be strong and smart. Yes. Because uh, you said it before about um, the grassroots. Mm-hmm. If you help one person and that person helps another person, and all of a sudden we start realizing, oh, this is not the insurance company saying denial, no, forever and ever. Right. This is, oh, I didn't tell them my, I, I, when I submitted my information, I actually typed the wrong social security number or I mistyped something. Yeah. And they're just asking, this doesn't compute. They didn't deny it forever. They're just asking corrections. This is the part that we want from the ground roots to support each other. Right. Um, uh, I love that. I love that. I think it's something that I'm going to figure out how I can integrate it into other shows too, you know, and uh, allow people to be able to connect with you. Um, and hopefully you won't get swamped, <laughs> but then maybe you will. And that may, pr- you know, to parlay into something else. But, um, but I, I definitely want to do that when it comes to advocating as we're, we're wrapping it up. Um, how, what are some terms that we need to know as a as a patient that when we hear it, it we need to know like this is something we need to pay attention to is there anything that we should listen to that should spark our interest a um, couple of things that we look for to start with is an itemized bill mm-hmm. not a statement because an itemized bill shows what you've been charged and whether you got charged for something extra okay. um, so that's the first thing is an itemized bill um, okay. so we can ask for that so like I don't want a statement I would like an itemized bill right okay um, if you get a bill and it's in dispute, meaning you're, you're either confused, you think something was wrong about it, and various researches, research projects have shown that more than 50% of hospital bills have a mistake mm. on them. So, Jeez. right, slow down, get an itemized bill, explain to me what this is, and explain to me this, what this was. Um, and let's be nice about all this, right? right? We're humans, and the right. people who do this, most of the mistakes that are made are human error. Just okay. I'm sorry. It just happened. Just let's be, let's be, let's treat people yeah. the way we want to be treated right. and say, this doesn't look right. Let's get an itemized bill. Don't rush to get pay to pay it because there are people in collections who are in a hurry. Mm. The sooner I can get you, if I give you 10, if I give you a 10% discount, is that okay? Oh, okay. I'll, right. give you, I'll give you 20% they just want off. anything. I'll do, I'll give you 20% <laughs> off if you pay by this week. They might've given you more off at a later time. Don't rush. In fact, why don't you find out what the prices are and, and yeah. it's all being fair. We, we helped one of my clients. He got a $4,000 bill for going to the emergency room because he thought he broke his finger. We ended up going back and forth and saying, well, what did you charge for this? And why is this charged and this and that? He ended up paying $800. 
Mm. Right? It's just d- slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Slow down and talk. That's a great way to end this. Oh, my God. We could continue this conversation for another hour because I have tons of more questions. But as we said before, if you have some questions, particularly about your bill, but I think if you have any health care questions, feel free to go to my website, allthingsjking.com. Hit the little contact button. Send your question directly to Hal. I will get it to him and um, he'll reach back out to you. And uh, thank you so much for joining the show, for having this discussion and representing our, our, our from the patient perspective. So we'll, help, we'll hopefully we can have you back. Thanks for being so interested. <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much. You're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. And um, this is Extra 106.3. Until next week. Toodles. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.